coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hi, guys. Pitmaster here. I'm here with the Doc. John, good to see you. Long time no see, man. I know. You've been in hiding. Kind of like our governor, like uh, just missing <laughs> for like 10 days. I'm not. I wasn't in hiding per se. I was laying low. Like, well, whatever. Whatever no one saw you. No. Is Heather treating you right? <clears throat> Heather is. You'd speak up, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's, Heather... there's hand signals. Heather is treating me. <laughs> Heather is treating me just fine. It was. It's. We both been a little under the weather. Mm. Um. Um. It happens. It happens. It's like well, you've emerged from. Uh, I've, from hiding. And we're feeling a lot better now. And. It was my birthday yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. And Heather got a really nice um, a really nice room. For you guys that live here in uh, Central Coast, it was a place called the Seacrest. And it, there's so many newer places now, like in Shell Beach, and they're fancier, the Cliffs and the Lido and all these other ones. And they're, you know, they're trendier and stuff, more expensive too. But the the Seacrest was absolutely beautiful. And you know, it wasn't that pricey. Sorry. It wasn't that pricey. But we had a a, a, a seafront view, you know, with a with a beautiful balcony and it was a beautiful room. And then they had a really nice pool with three jacuzzis around the pool. And then they had uh, they had these fire pits where you can go at night and hang out, and it was is beautiful. And there's a stair stairway to the beach. Oh, nice. Where's so, the Seacrest at? Is it north it, of the pier? Yes. If you go all the way, if you go from the pier and then you go to the rocks, it's it's the last staircase on oh, the okay. rocks. I know where it's. So it goes up the rocks, and you're you're at the Seacrest. Unbelievable place. Beautiful. If you live in the Central Coast, um, I, I'm going to stay there again. I'm going to make that. I think my wife and I are going to kind of make that our our getaway place once in a while. So, nice. Seacrest. I don't think we've done a staycation here, but no? it's good to do. No, we, we hike all the time here. We always say when we're hiking and you're overlooking the ocean, it's like you're on vacation. You yeah. know, it's like something you'd do if you were at a destination. Yeah, I think, I think it's – and that is – it's true. And this is right actually – this is right in front of that that hiking place. What do they call it? Oh, the Pismo Preserve? Yeah, the preserves. It's right there. But one thing I think makes it, it makes it more expensive because you're staying in a hotel. But I think it's going to sleep and waking up somewhere else. It just kind of, it's just kind of new. It just gives you kind of a refreshing look on things and, I don't know. It's just kind of a different. It breaks the, you know. Not. I, I totally agree. It it's uh it just gets you away from everything. It's you're on vacation, even if you're at home. Yeah. Sharon and I stayed over somewhere recently. Maddie had a game, I think, in, up in the Bay Area. So we went a day early just to 
stay at a hotel and just hang out, and it was so nice. It is yeah, just to get away for a day. And we both, both of us, we have beautiful houses with beautiful views from our house. In fact, if we if we lived in some city, I mean, we we would do a, you know, if we rented our own house, we'd be like in on vacation. I mean, when I wake up and I look at my backyard and you know the the, the hills and all the trees, you know, live on the acreage and. It's beautiful. I sit out there, we drink our coffee. And it's like, I can't even believe we're not on vacation. And then your house, you know, you got a beautiful house, beautiful yard and stuff. And uh, so we're lucky that way. But then I think it's just the change because uh, I don't know, uh, something about an ocean view kind of renews you. So just being away. Yeah. So what else? We got Thanksgiving this week. You guys staying here? Yeah, I think we're going to do the. I think we're gonna do the the um, the Shane and Tom. I think we were gonna do it at home. Heather did not want to do it, and then um, and then we, uh, you know, we're just, we're just thinking about it, and we got we got all this stuff going on, and so we'll probably just go to some friends. But uh, one kind of bad thing happened. One of our uh, one of our students here. Um, he's about 10 or 11, I think. Uh, he had a major, major sur- uh, seizure um, this week. And um, so, you know, I got a text and, you know, he, he actually got, he got uh, ambulance down to uh, Santa Barbara, intubated. Oh, wow. Um, intubated. And, and he had, he had like three or four seizures all, t- all lasting 15 minutes. So it wasn't, I mean, it was pretty serious. Like I said, once you're intubated, anytime you're intubated, you know, short of for like a, you know, in and out surgery. I mean, if you're intubated for a medical reason, that's pretty fucking serious. And uh, so he was intubated and just woke up and I'm trying to get some guys together and make sure his family has a good uh, Thanksgiving because I know his mom and his dad or probably have so much stuff going on. I mean, they just spent a week down and, you know, sitting, sleeping in, in, uh, in the hospital. Wow. They have other kids here too. They have one. They have one of the, they have two kids and, uh, one of them had the seizure. And, uh, so I'm going to try to put some together for their Thanksgiving. And then we don't have to think about ours because we'll probably just go somewhere. Nice. We're having, I think everyone will be home for a change. What? Yeah. I think Sarah's coming home tomorrow. We'll have everybody here. So Julia? Nice. Julia, yeah, she'll be here. She works, but she'll she'll be off for Thanksgiving. What about her boyfriend? I think he'll be in Palm Springs. Somewhere, what? Somewhere with, uh, with his grandparents. Hmm. So it'll be just us and our own kids, which will be nice. Yeah. Still. Oh, okay. What about, what about Sarah's? Well, Raul is, uh, they just won their some championship game for their water polo team down in LA and they're going to play an NCAA tournament now. So he was going to come, but now that they won all their games, he has to train still. So they got NCAA tournament coming up in December. Wow. So he won't be here. We'll yeah. see him for Christmas. And then they're going to Spain. They are in they're him and Sarah. What? They're going to come to our house and then they're leaving. Go see his parents. Wow. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Uh, so big fights coming up. Uh, we got 
Who's who's our next big fight? I don't know who's coming up. I know it's a big one, but we had we had uh... upcoming. UFC's website is not working. What upcoming zero events? We got oh look at Glover. Oh, that's such a good picture. Kind of interesting. Um, Glover. Uh... No, did you watch any of the fight motion from his? They no. do like slow mo uh, stuff from the. From UFC. No. Oh, I'll check that out later. <laughs> yeah. But um Glover's <clears throat> boxing trainer, uh Fernelli, his son, Fernelli Jr., uh, who's a amateur, a, a very decorated amateur heavyweight boxer, uh, was on the team, Olympic team, and He's won the, you know, the Golden Gloves National and stuff. But anyway, so he fought, um, he had his first pro boxing match. Oh, I think I saw the highlight someone posted. Yeah, he fought in uh, Myrtle Beach. It was a knockout, right? Yeah, it was a second round knockout. So that was pretty good. Pretty, and then uh, it was a pretty good, uh, just a pretty good couple weeks for Glover. I mean. Great. He went over there. Um, he won the title and then the week he came back the week, I mean, the week, the week after a week to the day after he won his title, he was in the corner in New York city working Alex's corner who won by second round knockout, which Glover won by second round knockout. And then, and then, uh, and then they get home. And then, boom, they all traveled down to uh, South Carolina, and Fernelito uh, has his pro debut, and he won, he won by a by second. Do you know his weight night. class? He's heavyweight. Oh, he's heavyweight. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's a heavyweight. Um, so it's just been a great week for uh, a, a, great, <clears throat> a great period right now for Glover, his team. His family just, I mean, it's been great. Now he's got, uh, now he's got Kyle's fighting, Terman's fighting, and he has another fighter. I think there's one more fighter that's fighting, but he's, he has a very busy camp, a, a very busy training camp, even when he's not fighting. So he's, he's busy all the time. When he's not fighting, he's getting his guys ready to fight. And even when he is fighting, He's still getting his guys ready to fight. He's he's a he's an extremely busy guy. So, I got I, I, it amazes me that he does all those things because, I mean, I I'm so tired just doing one. You know, I get exhausted just doing the running the gym. You know, I'm running the gym. I got a little. I got a few amateur MMA guys here and there. You know. Um, and I'm tired. I think I'm busy as shit. But then Clover has so many moving parts. Gym owner, right? Fight team trainer, fight team sparring partner, UFC champion. He's a busy guy. He's got quite a few fighters too. And then the traveling with that yeah. must uh, must get busy with the travel. Yeah, and he loves it. He's he just has a smile. He seems so happy right now. He has a smile on his face. He loves his life so much. And it's it's great to see him. Um like even at the fight, when you're at the fight with him, 
you know, all he's doing is talking about how lucky he is and how much he loves his life. So, I don't know. I don't know, brother. I don't know. So, what's coming up? What we got? We got uh, nothing for Gabby yet. Two of my amateurs have fights coming up. Glover has nothing coming up. Court's got some coming. Court's got cut some coming up. Um, I don't know. What he, I don't. I honestly don't know. The, I don't recognize the guy. His name. He's fighting. Um, but Court's another busy guy. Court is not just a fighter. Um, he's also a public speaker, and he does. He travels around uh, doing uh, talking about um, the hazards of opiates and. You know how to stay off drugs, and he talks to. He loves talking about that stuff. He's such oh an inspirational story. I can tell you from the medical side of that. Uh, I don't know where. You know, I'm sure Court told me years ago when we talked, but I don't know where his addiction started. Yeah. But there's this show. Have you seen Dope Sick? No. It's a uh, Michael Keaton, Mr. Mom's in it, but it's about he's like a small town doctor somewhere South Carolina or Virginia. And uh, it's about the opioid, the, the basically the pharma companies coming in and introducing new narcotics that are supposedly non-addictive or super rarely addictive and getting doctors to prescribe this stuff to their patients. So narcotics for like mild and moderate pain. No one should be living in pain. I went through this in medical school where, you know, they counted pain as a vital sign and no one should be in pain. And it was negative if any of your patients had any pain. So we were, you know, we were taught to really medicate people. And I was taught, I probably told you this before, I was taught if someone has pain and you give them narcotics, they won't get addicted because you're treating their pain. It's when they take narcotics, when they don't have pain that they get addicted. But that's completely false. But that's what they taught me not that long ago. But this movie, it's a, it's a show, it's a series. Oh, yeah? But uh, it's a, basically about these rep, drug reps and the pharma companies coming in and saying, okay, we have this new drug. It's not as addictive. And they got the FDA to approve it and label it not addictive. Oxycontin. No. Oxycontin. No. Oxycontin. Oxycontin. So that's what this is about. And I saw the effects of it early in my career because I came out at the time where they were pumping out doctors and telling them to give everyone narcotics. And within you know a few months of practice, you quickly see, oh, you had pain, you broke your leg and we gave you narcotics, but now, and now you're withdrawing, we're taking them away from you and you're having withdrawals and calling for more. It's crazy what the medical industry has caused. And then, you know, when you take the drugs away and then people are addicted, they're going to get it somewhere else. So it's really scary. Anyway, I just started watching the show. I only watched a couple, but that made me think of court watching that and how he got started. I think Court's story was more, he was, doing lower level drugs and then people offer you something else. And then I don't think it was an injury. Yeah. It's a wrestling. So you think yeah. it started with medical yeah. prescribed narcotics? I do. With him. We'll have to talk to court again. <clears throat> we should, has court ever been on our podcast? I don't know. I don't think he has. Wow. Maybe we should have him. I, I kind of now you should watch some of this dope sick. And then, um, and I even got an award and it wasn't because I was treating pain differently, but, the pharma pharmacy companies would give money and then they would hand out awards. I was like the chief resident of my program. So they give you the stipend, but it came in the form of an award for pain management. And it was all from, I, I should dig this thing out. It's probably from one of these pharma companies. For giving more pain? No, <laughs> no, that was what you win. No, I was for treating pain. 
but it really wasn't. It was just basically a way for them to be able to pay their chief residents that did a lot of extra work. Um, but anyway, I should dig that thing out and see what what it what it was sponsored by. It's really uh, really yeah, who is it sponsored by? Uh, I don't know. Some farm. <laughs> I'm gonna have to pull it out. I got it somewhere. Probably, not, probably a, not one I'm hanging in my office, but I'm not a I'm not a pain med guy where I don't buy. Like I think, I think you as a doctor, <clears throat> if, okay, if I was a psychotic, and I was saying I'm I'm hearing voices, you can never in a million years tell me I'm lying. Yeah, but in the ben- my benefit is in what I do. If your leg is horribly deformed and broken, okay, you're in some level of pain. So you're treating that in what I do. You're treating right. that pain, but chronic pain is different when you run right. a when you're doing pain management as your job right. and people just come in and say they're in pain, it's subjective. So there's it's not a hundred percent subjective. And, and I hate the person that gets addicted and, Oh, the docs gave him too much. But then what about the doc that doesn't give him enough? And he, now he kills himself because he's living his life in severe pain. Somehow Europe does it and they do surgeries and they don't give narcotics. So it's, it's just, a, it's largely, I think a Western American phenomenon on this side that, we were really treating people with a lot of narcotics. I don't think it didn't used to be like that. And then it, it ramped up in the eighties and nineties. And now it's ramped way back down. Like I, I tell my patients now, like I give them a very few pills and tell them, Hey, look, we, we want you to try, you try not to take these if you don't need them, take Tylenol and we'll give them anti-inflammatories and we do ice and we do other things. And, you know, you have a few pills if you need it. Uh, and a lot of patients now they come back after having, it's more minimally invasive surgery. I do, but a lot of people come back and say, you know, I didn't take any of them. So it's just really an expectation and, and realizing that those narcotic drugs, all of them are addictive and have addictive potential. Sometimes the side effects you get from the drugs are a good thing because you get side effects. You're like, I don't want to take that stuff anymore. Some people get, don't get side effects. They just feel, feel better. Those are a little more worrisome. Yeah, I I think not as much docs, I guess, but for people like my mom who blamed it all, all, all my, you know, one of my family members was addicted and she blamed it all on the doctors giving her too much stuff. And I get, and then when she got out of the hospital with her broken hip, she was complaining because the doctor forgot to write her a script for payments. I was like, so maybe let's just not have any because we don't want to get you addicted. So maybe we shouldn't get any payments. She, of course, she had a fucking fit and, and got in touch with her. Rightfully her. so. Right. But, I mean, <laughs> what, what's the difference between treating her and treating my sister? Well, it's it's the duration of treatment. So it's a physiologic yeah. change your body goes through. When you, when you take medicines for a prolonged period, your body adapts to those. Uh, all those blocked pain receptors, your body builds more. So now Okay, so what about not pain? So pain's terrible. <clears throat> what about... Something like Xanax. What if somebody that's just so stressed out, they need a narcotic to not be stressed out? I have an answer. What? Train. Speaking of which, we got to go already, man. I got to go train. This is a... This is a good conversation. This is a good conversation. No, no, this is a good conversation. But watch. See if you can watch some of this dope sick. Sharon was watching it. Netflix? It's on Hulu or Netflix or something. One of these streaming services. But it's Mr. Mom. Sharon didn't even recognize. I'm like, that's Michael Keaton. That's in the... But she was telling me about it, so I started watching it. And it's pretty fascinating. A lot of the stuff I know 
from being through it later on, but this was happening in the eighties. You know, a lot of this stuff was happening in the eighties and these pharma companies developing these new things that are less addictive, but see, I'm not for the, I hate the pharma guys for what they're doing with a lot of stuff, but when it comes to pain meds or anti anxiety pills, since I don't have pain or anxiety, I'm not going to judge people that need to take pills for it. Yeah, but the, this is a different view. It's the view from the pushing the pills on people that say, hey, this isn't addictive. Go ahead and take this. It's a different. It's not just, hey, we know this is addictive and we're, we're not making a judgment on that. It's more of a, hey, what happened in our pharmaceutical industry and with the FDA approving these meds and saying they were less addictive. When so I can see improving it, but I don't see marking them as not addictive when they are. But I mean, but. Apparently, they got some special label. Anyway. All right, guys. For another time. It's for another Good time. Good to see Watch you this. come out of hiding. I'm, tell me if there's, you know, I don't want to hear like all the warning signs are there and I didn't do anything. I'm trying you're to give right. you a hint. I was saying, I lost. Right. Did you hear me say I lost my sense of smell? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I was like hey, that's my, that's my, that was my sign without saying it on. No, I meant if Heather was, you know, not treating you right. The, the warning, oh. like keeping you at home and not letting you out. I was like, oh my God. The warning sign, like, I'm going to feel bad later. I, mean, like, I, love, I saw all the warning signs. And I love I, my Heather. But I didn't speak up. She's going to, if anything, she's going to have me go more than come. <laughs> See you guys. Okay. Boom. <laughs>